So what's in your heart today as you are thinking about your father on this special day? I'm thinking that some of you are feeling disappointment in a dad who wasn't there. Or, worse yet, anger at a deadbeat dad who left. Some of you are feeling secure in the loving strength of a father who knows how to establish a family togetherness and a stable home. Some of you might feel a little regret that you didn't know your father better, you didn't connect with him in some ways, or maybe during his final years or final weeks on this earth, you didn't connect with him in a very special way, that you weren't there like you wish you could have been. Some of you feel trapped, that you're like mid-age and you realize you're becoming your father in ways that you don't want to, but you can't help it because apples don't fall from the tree, don't fall far from the tree. Some of you feel equipped. You are, you're an adult, um, or maybe even a teenager, and you're growing into life or experiencing life, and you can do things, you can change the spark plugs in your truck because your dad taught you how. You can throw a curveball because your dad taught you how. You can be a responsible husband and father for your own family because you watched your dad, and you're equipped. He gave you these tools for life. Some of you are feeling glad. That you're here right now, sitting right next to your dad, and that makes you happy because you love him and you know he loves you too. So we have this, this gamut of feelings and experiences with fathers that as a preacher I need to cover today. And as a preacher I'm not up to the task, but God's word is, and God's word can cover all of you today, whether you're a father or not, because we all have fathers we all are Christians and we respect the Bible and God's high and holy calling for fatherhood. So all of us, that those two things apply to all of us today. And that will be the bulk of the message today, but then some of you are dads, and I want to talk specifically to you toward the end of the sermon today as well. Second question. What's the biggest thing that can go wrong in your relationship with your dad? There is one thing that does go wrong in relationship with dads, and that's that dads can let us down, that dads can hurt us and disappoint us, that dads can be failures, that dads are imperfect. But that's not the ultimate problem. That's an ugly problem, and it's real, and it happens. But the ultimate problem in our relationship with our dads, the most common problem in this room right here in your relationships with your fathers is this. How do you respond to your dad being an imperfect father? That's the most challenging problem among us. Have you forgiven your father for his failures, for letting you down, for hurting you, for not being there, for being imperfect in small ways or big ways? Because God expects you to. Right here from this message from Colossians 3, Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Let me tell you this. In my pastoral work, 
If someone needs to convince me that they have forgiven someone else and they seek to, you know, give me all the reasons why they have, usually that means they have not forgiven them. On the other hand, in my pastoral work, if someone is struggling with forgiveness and, and they, they come and they say, I just, I, I can't, it's hard, I don't... Usually, that means that they have forgiven them. They don't want to sin against God, and they don't want to sin against anyone else, including their enemies, this person who is so close to them, who has hurt them. They want to do what God wants them to do. And so, let me ask you again. Have you forgiven your father? Here are some questions you can ask yourself to determine this and, and, to, and to go there. The bad memories of my dad, when they surface, do they make me anxious or angry? When I have to fight the characteristics that are in my DNA as I realize that I'm my father's child, and when I have to fight those bad or negative characteristics or habits that are mine because of him, do they make me resent him or blame him for my problems? When his bad behavior or his hurtful choices or his lifestyle ruins a family event like a graduation or a wedding or it has ruined or is ruining my life, do I bury it deep inside and create this wall between me and my dad When you create walls with other people in your relationships, with a person you need to forgive, here's what happens. You create this wall thinking you're going to keep that other person out, but what happens when you need to forgive them and you haven't, you, you become your own prison, and inside the wall with you is the person that you can't forgive. You've literally trapped yourself with them in a prison of unforgiveness. And that's what happens with unforgiveness. Unforgiveness builds a prison, and you are your own prisoner, your own victim, when you don't forgive someone. This is a high and holy calling that we have as children to forgive our dads. So here's what I want to do. I want to read to you a, a portion of a Facebook post that we put out on our Holy Word Facebook page. And uh, if you're watching online or you're here every Sunday, and you're not following our Holy Word Facebook page, you really should, because we put excellent information and inspiration on there. And this was posted on there just this last week. It was written by someone who's anonymous. I, I don't think the person's from this church, um, but from our, from our wider church body, this person is. And that was printed in our church body's magazine, The Forward in Christ. So listen specifically for this person to talk and reveal two things. This person is speaking as a child about their father. And listen to them two particular things. Number one, their struggle with their relationship with their father. It's hard for them, but they're willing to let it be hard because it's worth it. Number two, how they bring God into that relationship and what that means. All right, so these are this person's words. This is what they write. My relationship with my earthly father is very strained. I am not perfect, and he is not perfect. 
yet I knew I was commanded to obey him. It is incredibly hard to honor and obey a parent who has not lived up to the standard God has set for them. It was difficult for me in spite of God's command, but I also realized that I am sinful. God does not see my father's sins differently than mine. How can I be vengeful toward a man who is the same as me in God's eyes? Holding a grudge against my father isn't going to make anything better. It won't hurt him. In fact, it will only hurt me. There's that prison. I have learned how important it is to extend forgiveness to a parent who has left scars. Our Heavenly Father extended forgiveness to us when he sent his Son. Our Heavenly Father showed us his mercy. Through him we are able to show mercy. By showing grace to a parent who hurt us, we are honoring and obeying our parents just as God has commanded. They don't deserve this. But we didn't deserve to be saved by Jesus either. So whatever your father has done that's imperfect, that, that's a problem. And, and let me tell you this for your encouragement. It's always going to be a problem. Even if your father is dead. He has left his fingerprints on you and on your family and his bad behavior can be passed down even for generations. So the bad behavior of a dad, the imperfection of a father or a parent is always going to be with you. And in that sense, you're always going to be forgiving it. So don't think of forgiveness as something that's a punctiliar kind of one-time act and you, and you reach it and you do it and then you're done. Forgive and forget don't go well together because you may not forget, and that's okay. But you're always going to be in this state of needing to forgive people, parents and fathers, for what they've done. Like a recovering alcoholic, where they're right, it's not, it's not for an alcoholic that you're, just, you're, you're done and you can move on with life, and that was a chapter of your past. You're always going to be dealing with those urges, and so you have to learn how to manage it. And so forgiveness is learning how to manage bad behavior from people, especially people who are so close to us, parents and fathers. That is a high responsibility. It, it might seem to some of you like I'm asking the impossible of you. God's asking it, though. And you're wondering, how in the world can I do this? First of all, that encouragement that it's a, it's a process and it's an ongoing struggle. That's okay. Secondly, this encouragement. There is one who was abused more than any of us all. Any of us. All of us. There is one who was abandoned by his father during the time of his deepest need. When our Savior Jesus was hanging on the cross and crying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it was then that the Father was giving the sacrifice for your Father's sins and your sins and mine too. It was then that, that those sins were being punished and were being taken care of and were were done for good as Jesus forgave the sins of the whole world, including your father, including you as a father, your failures. Done. 
And he could say, it is now finished. And his father welcomed him home, raised him from the dead, and brought him back. And then the scriptures can say, because of all that, there is no condemnation for your dad, for you as a parent, as a father, for anyone who has sinned. So Jesus' death and resurrection, there is nothing more important than Jesus' death and resurrection for a relationship between a parent and child, for any relationships, and for your relationship with your dad, even if he's not here anymore. That's what makes it stable and strong, even in the struggle. All right, we're going to move on. There was a dad who uh, went with his, with, with his kid to, uh, to preschool one day. Um, and he, he went with his son, and it was, it was parent day, and he showed up. And the dad was a little bit surprised that there weren't many other dads there. There were a few moms, a few kids without a parent there because they were so busy and they couldn't attend. But this little boy had his dad there. And there was a time where the teacher took the kiddies aside, and, and the teacher said, okay, I want everyone to say something that's really special and important about their dad. And so this little boy says, well, my dad is a lawyer, and he helps a lot of people, and he makes a lot of money. We live in a big house. And then this little boy said, oh, my dad is really smart, and he works in an office building, and, and his, like, his office is like way up in the sky in a really tall building. And then this boy was trying to think of something better than that to say about his dad, but he, he couldn't think of anything that was bigger or better. And it was his turn, and he kind of hung his head and was thinking, thinking. And then he just looked up and he made eye contact with his dad who was sitting on the floor cross-legged right next to him. And he was just looked at his dad and he said, well, my dad is here. And at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about for dads? To be present, to be there. The Bible holds up fatherhood as a high and a holy calling. For fathers to be there. And that calling, as honorable as the calling a father is, when God gives you a child, he's calling you to be a dad. As honorable as that is, dads know it's also as responsible. It's a highly responsible position. But let me tell you this. Father is only one of a few assignments in life that God gives to people Reflecting a title that he uses for himself. That's how high and holy your calling is as dad. God gives you the same title that he has as God. That makes it very important. And because of that, God is tipping his hand, dads, that he's going to nurture in you a relationship with himself. And that's where he starts. And as he nurtures in you, dads, a relationship with himself, he's doing that so that he can equip you to nurture a relationship with your children and with their Heavenly Father, too. So, dads, remember this. It says this in Colossians 3. You are holy and dearly loved. 
As a dad, we can look at our mistakes from the past, we can confess them, we can repent of them, and we can know that God says that as dads we're holy. In his eyes, we've done nothing wrong. And that you are dearly loved, dads. You who feel so much pressure and so busy that you have to constantly be providing love to your kids, to your family, to your wife, constantly, constantly giving, giving, giving. Stop for a second and breathe it in and enjoy these words, dads, where it says, you are dearly loved yourself and take it in. And then nurture that relationship with your kids. You, right, you want your kids to practice these qualities, compassion, patience, kindness, goodness, humility, love? Then you dads need to practice them first. Compassion. Dads, listen to me. Listen. Pay attention here. When your kid is running at the pool and slips and splits their head open and there's blood everywhere, right? That is not the time for a life lesson. All right? Do not at that time say, put some duct tape on it, get up and stop running at the pool. You can say that maybe two days later, okay? That, that's a good life lesson time. But right there, your child is bleeding. Show some compassion, okay? Kindness. When your son accompanies you to go to a widow's home and take care of her yard while your grass is a bit long and maybe the HOA is going to get on your case but you're not worried about it because you're taking care of that widow, your son is seeing your kindness. When your kids watch you as a dad Hang your head humbly and admit that you made a mistake. They are seeing humility. When your kids watch you handle little puppies or little bunny rabbits and call them names like Fuzzy, and your kids also see you handle the complexities of your job and the responsibilities of running a home, handle it with grace. They're, they're seeing gentleness in you and you're teaching them gentleness. When you're in the car dealing with traffic and you're late, but you're not losing your lid, we're in the car waiting for mom again, but you're doing it without rolling your eyes or tapping your finger on the steering wheel, your kids are seeing patience. Dads, you have so much to teach your children, not just to make them good citizens, but, but to bring them up to God as you teach them and, uh, and help them see God. Children who have, find a father in God are likely children who have found God in their father first. Isn't it heart-wrenching to think about the man in, in Orlando whose son was uh, drowned by the alligator in the lagoon? 
And isn't that a hard part of the story to hear how the, the parents and the father literally wrestled the alligator and tried to pull his son from the alligator's tight grip of teeth and he couldn't do it. The alligator dragged him down. That is a struggle. Everyone need to know this. Moms, wives, women, those who aren't dads, and you who are dads know this especially. That's a struggle for us as men and fathers. When we feel like we don't have what it takes to do the job that we're expected to do. And in that case, that father of that boy didn't have what it took. You and I probably wouldn't have either. We, we just, when, you, when you're not equipped and you don't have what it takes, that's hard as a dad. God is telling you in these words, dads, that you have what it takes. That he has equipped you to be leaders, spiritual leaders for your children, for the community, for the church. He has equipped you. You don't, you, you don't have to walk up to your kids, be afraid, withdraw, stay away. You have what it takes. You can enter the struggle with your kids. And God makes this promise to you that he'll, they'll find, your kids will find their heavenly father in their earthly father. And you can do it. In that sense, we pastors like to say, you dads are your kids' first pastors. We'll come in later, but you are your children's first pastor. Uh, I want to show you a section from 1 Corinthians. We, in our Bible reading this week in Pflugerville, we are reading 1 Corinthians 1 through 5. And there's this verse I found in there in chapter 4. So get out your Bibles, use your Bible apps, and, uh, and look at this. Um, this, this mirrors the message we heard in the opening video today about children following in the footsteps of fathers. But this applies even to men who aren't fathers, who are fatherly. So 1 Corinthians 4, verses 15 to 17. And I, this hit me as I was preparing the sermon for today, as I was looking at this this week and reading it. Here's where Paul is writing to Timothy. So Paul is a spiritual mentor to Timothy, as uh, Paul's a pastor and he's training Timothy to be a pastor. And then Paul writes this, I became your father through the gospel. Now, Paul wasn't Timothy's biological father, but he uses this term of endearment, this high and holy and honorable term, to, to say this is what our relationship is like, Timothy. I'm that close to you. Like, I'm your dad. I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent you, Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Man, I've heard more than one lady say this, more than one mom in our church. We'll be, somehow we'll be talking about men, or do you know who this is, or, or what, what a, this leader, and, and a mom will say, oh, yeah, I know him. He's the guy who comes up and says hi to my kids every Sunday after church. Oh, I know him. He's the guy who helps my kids when they're in line get snacks after church. Oh, I know him. He's the guy who knows the name of every one of my children. See, you get that? Men... Even if you're not a dad, the importance of you being a spiritual mentor and a leader, a, a Paul to Timothy, with not just any children, as a dad, your own children, if you're not a dad, any children in this church, in the community, and in the world. Dads, obviously this applies to you too. So you're equipped, you're expected, but you can do the job. 
These words from Colossians 3 remind you of that. I'm going to close with these. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. goes on to say, Teach and admonish with all wisdom. It's wisdom that God has given you. Teach and admonish with it. Giving thanks to God the Father. So dads, you have heard your father's voice. He speaks to you in his word. You hear his voice so that you can pass on his voice to your children. So make a difference for them. And as you bring them up, you're going to bring them up closer to God. Bring them to church regularly where they hear their father's voice and then they they can hear it from you during the week. Spend time in the Bible with your children and pray with them. Show them what an honorable Christian man looks like. And as you do, you bring them up, you're going to bring them up closer to God. And remember this, dads, this last thing. God, the Heavenly Father, loves your children even more than you do. He'll help you take care of them because he loves you too. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for this high and honorable calling of Father that you have given to our world. We want to respect it and honor it like you do. We pray today for those who have dads who are hard to love, those who have dads who have failed them, become led a life of leadership in an imperfect way, that you would open the hearts of all of us to forgive our fathers the way that you want us to forgive and to escape the prison of unforgiveness. Show us your great mercy and love that will give us the endurance and the strength to do that and open up new reconciliation relationships with our fathers in ways that we would never even imagine. We pray today for dads that you would remind them and help them believe today more than ever that your promise that you have equipped them through the love of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and through working the fruits of the Spirit in them, gentleness and patience and kindness and peace, and that they feel more confident and more competent to express those to their children and act act in that way in every day. We pray these things, Lord, through Jesus, our Savior, and ask you to hear us and answer. Amen.